Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Please go to tacticalpermaculture.com to read my blog, watch my videos, view my photos, access web applications, and click on the join membership link to access exclusive features. It's August 22nd, 2023, episode 81. I'm just going to give a brief after action report on the hurricane or the uh well it will it, it could have been a hurricane it became the tropical storm hillary and uh hit southern california uh, over the weekend and i'm going to uh yeah recap on my response to it out being out here in the desert uh I had some time to read the headlines as it was um, coming up through Mexico and uh, in the Southern California cities. And um, really in terms of this flood sport theme that I'm developing, which the more I think about the need for, I'm not going to say permaculture needs to be rebranded at all, but I will say that it's still so underground and it's not a dinner table topic um it's had exposure all the way up to the white house there was a time where an award was given for sustainability for a permaculture uh uh collective i think it was uh, a, a umass collective that did a a kitchen garden for their uh college or university cafeteria and that got a white house award so that was probably the highest profile mention of the term permaculture but that was you know a number of years ago and the hope that it would reach a peak of awareness has not happened yet so for me i'm working with this concept of flood sport because people love sports and people love to be titillated by danger (laughs) and so for me I get beaten up and I have to fight for my life as much as I would in a cage fight to put out these tarps in the wind and try not to get pelted uh, by whatever's coming down from the atmosphere and then be even more worried about sand blasting into my lungs and killing me that way and fungus getting into my lungs and killing me slowly and uh, particles getting to my eyes so I've got all the kit so if this really is to me a a a a battlefield with me in the elements and so flood sport is an apt analogy and this was the this was uh not the first uh storm that has shaped me and developed this concept for me um but it has been the most violent uh since i have had my uh my intermediary uh 16 mil 20 by 20 foot tarp rainwater catchment strategy uh in place because since uh, when i first uh the first episode that i did where i used that term flood sport was was literally right after I spent uh, a whole night in the in a, in a truck cab back seat, which is the most shelter I have, and 
watched my future security and freedom melt away with all of the rain that was pouring down in the most extreme flash flooding waves that occurred again and again throughout the night. And, uh, and I only had literally not much more than some buckets out to catch literally some drops and some buckets. And it was the most heartbreaking, one of the most heartbreaking and demoralizing experiences of my life. And it felt, and I said this before, it felt like watching money, a pile of money get burned right in front of me because not having captured that water meant I would have to pay for the peak prices of, of gasoline to, to transport and import mass quantities of water in tanks that the water is poisoned with chemicals for to be disinfected it's has all kinds of forever chemicals i have to filter it it's uh it's logistically totally inefficient and even though the price of the water itself is relatively cheap you have to add all of the other costs to it the fuel and the time and the vehicle maintenance everything so it's not sustainable most of what is trucked and driven and used dependent on fossil fuels is 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 literally just not sustainable what is sustainable is digging ponds if you can possibly if you're an environment that's conducive or soil type that's conducive to being able to to seal that pond naturally whether in partnership with plants and animals, for example, pigs wallowing can seal a pond if there's enough clay in the soil, or if you have enough of a temperate climate that'll grow uh, enough um, weeds and grass and other herbaceous plants, you can do what's called a glee, where you kind of create a a layer of uh, anaerobic digestion and a kind of green sludge that will just gel as it decomposes at the bottom and just slowly fill the gaps and, and, and seal it up. But for me, I'm in the desert. There's no clay. There's no vegetation that's herbaceous, really. Uh, there's hardly any ever. And so it would be, it's going to take me a long time to graft a forest ecology into the desert so that there would be vegetation to form a glee but there's no yeah pigs aren't going to be happy out here and there's no mud or, or or clay for them to roll around in to seal a pond so that's out of the question so the the optimum solution then is a highly ex, uh, well it's not the most expensive element mineral that you that in the world but the, the scale and the scope that it's needed on the seal of ponds is called bentonite clay. I would need dump trucks of it to, to do what I can do for a hundred bucks with a 16 mil. This, this was the, 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 the price point and the, the, the heavy dutyness that I needed was 16 mil, 20 by 20 foot. That was about the human scale um, pond size that I could dig starting, I just put a shovel <laughs> in the center, put a, tied a rope on it and made a compass out of it. And then at the end of that compass, I, I tied a, uh, uh, a pickaxe so that I could tethered to that, um, that shovel in the center, I could walk the pickaxe like a compass, uh, 
around in a perfect circle and then that would set the outer perimeter and I just start digging out a ring about about three feet wide and then tossing it as far as I can to create a mound so there ends up being between about four and five concentric circles going down um, like a, a, a cone but made out of concentric circles going down uh, concave into the into the earth and those become steps and eventually they they kind of erode and, and it becomes more of just a bowl but in order to shape that bowl in the first place you kind of need steps to do it and if the if the soil is more like clay than it is sand then you would have different properties but basically you, you round off the edges and the wind and the rain elements will round them off for you but these have no catchment potential on their own the water just infiltrates directly percolates through the sand and it does stay keeps the sand moist to some degree but basically there's three options under under these circumstances that would be the the ideal option which is bentonite clay which is totally natural non-toxic but it's the most expensive and that's the ultimate solution i will arrive at when i can afford it and then the intermediary options are the more preferable in terms of its durability and its designed purpose fit for pond lining and that's the edpm uh, or epdm one of those two rubber liners which i've used before which is very very effective and you do need some kind of underlayment because it, it can be punctured relatively easily but it is um purpose-built for the job um but it is about five to ten times more expensive than something that will work almost as well and even has some additional properties like the uh the eye holes that you can hook and tie down and that is just a typical plastic tarp and unfortunately they do wear out so it means that they're higher maintenance i have to fold them up and shade them wrap them in a shade cloth and tuck them out of the way in between usage and i've been teased and bullied and pushed around by all of these pseudo rain events on the forecast of the weather and i would see the clouds and i'd look and i'd wait and wait and wait and then only a couple of drops would come down and i'd be it takes a lot of effort to get these things in place and a lot of effort against the wind to do it and it's like that feeling where you hear a drop a couple of drops and it's getting dark or it's too it's too hot or it's too cold or you're just not feeling it you're not in the mood and you got to push yourself out and get out there and get them snapped in and that's where i go into beast mode because for me it is it is thousands of dollars of 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 uh liquid of of of, of uh fiat currency liquidity that i have at risk if i fail to capture that rain because i will otherwise have to go buy it and it also is a um a force divider in terms of my freedom the more I, the more rain i catch the less i have to go back to civilization and the freer i am it's a simple formula so rain equals freedom rain equals cost savings and rain equals protection of my investable wealth and illiquid assets that i can not not dip into in order to buy water that i could have caught for free from the sky so it's an absurd relationship yes money 
money can't money doesn't grow on trees but it's close enough if you were if you're an orchardist or you do agroforestry agroforestry is a permaculturist and you create products that people will buy yes money does grow on trees but almost literally but and and you know what else money falls from the sky in the form of rain if you can if you can use that rain to avoid the logistics of having to buy water when it's not available to you and for me off-grid off-road that is the name of the game that is flood sport so when the last major flash flood event occurred i had only barely started to dig one of these the first of these 25 foot diameter multi concentric circle uh level down pond um liner holders until the bentonite is it can be afforded and i had not i could have if i would have would you know hindsight 2020 would have could have should have it was the most regrettable thing watching all that rain not go to waste because it's refilling aquifer and it allowed a lot of wildflowers to grow and a lot of wildlife to flourish and i just didn't get any value from it other than the beauty of the wildflowers growing but the agony was worse it didn't it didn't do much to soothe the agony of the cost the opportunity cost of missing out on it so fast forward or flash forward if you want to uh yeah almost almost a year later a little bit less from that previous flash flood where i wasn't prepared and i would have could have should have had those tarps here already bought those tarps already um but i i started out with two because they're over 100 bucks each and i wanted to just you know i don't want to have 10 of them and find out that they just completely get torn apart and don't even hold up for one storm um i wasn't sure if how they would hold up or if my way of anchoring them into the sand with paracord and uh 550 pound parachute cord which is the staple cordage for survivalists and preppers and operators in the military. And so it's trickled down through the survival movement um, to anybody somewhat outdoorsy that that's a good way to do a lot of things. Um, so, yeah, the, that cordage has held up, just the 550 cord. And then I had pretty light-duty carabiners, and some of them got totally bent out of shape and failed. Um, so I'm going to upgrade to a, a thicker gauge of carabiners, but those are just anchored into posts of just old splintered scavenged, uh, corpse of the old house, uh, pieces of one by one, mostly, um, that, uh, I made into a T-shape, buried the, uh, inverted the T-shape, uh, buried the base of it. So just the very top of that T about. 12 to 16 inches submerged to the very tip would would come up and then I screwed a or I drilled a, a hole through it uh put some thick gauge wire through it uh and then and then coiled up the end of it so that I could tie the paracord to it and then have this paracord carabiner kind of um uh string coming up from from the uh the edge corners that were measured out carefully for the 20 foot by 20 foot uh, square tarp and uh, so that I can rapid deploy the tarp, fold it out, 
try to get the wind to work with me and not against me. So it just, it just, uh, unfolds it. The force of the wind unfolds it in the direction I want it to. And then I chase it, clip it down with the carabiner. And then if I do it fast enough, uh, it'll, it'll stay in place. And then once it really does start to rain, if it really does start to rain, which it, it's only been one time previous to this where I got a, a little bit of a tiny puddle, basically, um, to hold me out and give me about a month's worth of water for crops. But this time the flood finally came. Thank you, Tropical Storm Hillary. You were the best thing that's ever happened to me on this land. And that is a stark contrast for the people whose lives and livelihoods were devastated by it. And I would say I'm not um I'm not in I, I'm an impoverished, dangerous undesirable for most people life circumstance living alone off grid off road in a in a scorching desert with all kinds of hazards that could kill me not the least of which all the debris from the house that i cleared at the wreckage of and where the nails and splinters and broken glass are still scattered everywhere um it's, it's so so yeah it's not a it's not a a cozy place uh in a lot of ways but it just so happens that this lifestyle of rehabilitating rehabilitating wasteland with permaculture and this flood sport that i'm doing what one person's curse is another's bless, another's blessing so if we were to design cities to be less impervious to storm water flows with more mulch and compost and uh, soil that is permeable, uh, landscapes that are permeable, then we wouldn't have sewage pipes backing up and toxic waste coming. I mean, it's every problem that stormwater causes can be solved by things like carving notches out of the curb so that you can f irrigate basins that that uh, grow fruit trees for the community i mean that's something that was guerrilla gardening and totally illegal and then it, w it was done illegally in certain jurisdictions to where finally the city and the civil engineers caught on to the genius of it and then they allowed it to be permitted and it became kind of like a tax break or something you could get grants for you know first they laugh at you then they fight you and then then they assimilate you or however that goes so i'm proud to say my after action report is quite simply that I successfully implemented my design strategy, tactics and strategy, which was to not ever again lose the opportunity. Never again will I miss the opportunity to get the fuck out into the storm, hopefully a little bit ahead of it, deploy these very cheap and easy to implement tarp, catchment uh, depressions in the landscape because building structures with roof surface square footage area is not realistic in a location where most likely they would get ripped off and blown away and part of this after action report is that there is a giant approximately five foot wide 20 foot long corrugated steel roof panel that has been stalking me for months as it rips through the sky as it gets picked up and thrown closer and closer to me and 
I thought I weighted it down significantly and sufficiently with a bunch of boulders that I could barely pick up. And lo and behold, it, during that tropical uh, storm, my worst fear came to life and it flew closer and closer toward, towards me, at least two or three different uh, liftoffs coming directly towards me and where it ended up, I'm going to post footage of it and do a little walk around. I had to sit there and wonder if I was going to be turned into sushi and I had gotten back into the same point of shelter, which is the back seat of my, of my truck to uh, once I had got the one, the tarp, the tarps had been out for a few days anticipating there had been some, a little bit of rain over the over the course of a few days I've been watching the weather and then that that storm was a gift because this stuff the tarps were already deployed it wasn't a surprise flash flood where I had to be in the yeah amongst the lightning strikes thunderbolt or the thunderclaps and lightning bolts and everything that's happened before where I've had to be out there and, and, and be doing this um, so luckily I had deployed them in a calmer time and uh, they were out there, so they were ready for this. Uh, and so I was, this time, fulfilling my mission and my prophecy to never again miss out on the opportunity. And I got to be there in the safety of that truck cab, which is the safest shelter I have, whether from sandstorms or flash flooding. And, uh, and look out the window and feel very safe and buffered. And then... Well, I'm basically while I'm enjoying the sight of my tarp liner ponds filling up, I hear that that unmistakable uh, sound of ripping train wreck metal sound of that giant roof panel being lifted by the air, and it's just the most menacing, metallic, tearing, ripping sound, and uh, and and yes, it. It shed those boulders that I placed strategically throughout its uh, throughout its 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 uh, surface. It shrugged them off like styrofoam and caught I don't know ten feet or so of air. I don't know how many feet it moved at once, but I had to sit there and it was staring right at me, right through the window where it landed, and I just was straining my neck to keep an eye on it and I had to think to myself I am gonna I should have buried it and put flags and stakes up around the edges so that me and no one else would ever stub their toe on it and just hope that the storms didn't just blow the sand away that was burying it but that it was insufficient to put those rocks on it. Now I got to think of some other way to deal with it. Maybe I got to chop it up into smaller pieces and hope I don't get chopped up in the process. But this is some of the most dangerous material to ever work with. It's already serrated and already jagged and already got just horrific wounding potential uh, to it. And, you know, when I thought in the, in the truck thinking, I have two options now, either accept the fact that it could be thrown at me and hope that, that basically tr pray that it would only be a tiny percent chance that it would shatter the window exactly where I am and that a jagged piece of it could be formed in such a way that it could literally decapitate me from the 
small cab window, which is not a full-size window. Uh, but most likely, I would say statistical probability would be that it would hit, if it did hit the truck, I had, I looked at, I, I looked at the being, I'm like, I'm on the X, but this is a 360 degree potential, there's a 360 degree potential angles that it could be thrown at. However, the direction of the storm is, is like putting it on a, on a, uh, a bearing directly towards me. And it already just leaped directly towards me. So I have to assume that, that this storm has its trajectory and that's trajectory is to push this giant lethal corrugated steel jagged roof panel right at right at the flank of my truck and that's where I'm going to be sleeping so I guess I will be lucky if all it does is smash the windshield and break the glass and take the paint off and dent and maybe slash a tire but hopefully hopefully not roll all the way across the top but just smack against the side and then get stuck there until the gust dies down and then just fall flat and then it won't and then it'll be st it'll just be stopped uh it'll, and, and and that that was one possible outcome the other option <laughs> i thought for a split second was what if i go out there now in the wind and rain with goggles and boots and gloves and whatever else kit on and go try to put more rocks on it or just try to bury it and then i remembered wait a minute there was a time when there was like no wind and no indication of any storm no clouds whatsoever and a tiny little gust made a old plywood splintered and nail and staple filled sheet of plywood fly at me and smash dead flat against my shoulder almost knocking me over and it was like trying to stand up against the force of a wave and luckily none of those staples were facing me they would have gone right into me but it my i blocked it like street fighter 2 kind of a block and uh i survived it there was another time when uh, a piece of uh, yeah a long thin piece of metal literally flew into my the cab of my truck and lodged itself right in front of my face having gotten caught in the one inch of gap between the the uh the wind the, the 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 door window that was cracked about an inch and the top of the door it flew in like a dart or an arrow and it was this jagged sharp gnarly long thin piece of metal <laughs> so that's what i mean this wasteland it's like being in a blender of of uh, of of wasteland sharp lethal objects when when there's even the slightest gust not even a storm so yeah on the grander scale there was that thing that giant beast coming at me and luckily it <laughs> it did well it did move a few more times and I woke up in the morning to see where its final resting place and I'm going to post that later but that yeah that's my report I successfully captured uh Probably, I'm guessing, I'm not doing the exact math on it, but I'm going to guess at least at least a couple hundred, between two and four hundred gallons of water between two those two tarps. And, and um, 
I'll have a better idea with how much tankage it actually fills because that'll tell me kind of where uh, knowing about where I, I left off, uh, which was, yeah, I have a sense of that. So when, once I get it all tucked away in tankage to where it will not evaporate, and I got to hustle to do that right now. Sun's coming up, scorpions are tucking themselves back into earth. I got to get some green tea in me with some cacao and stevia and have some breakfast, uh, light breakfast with some good dense nutrients and get out there and start scooping up this water um, and getting it into some tankage so so I don't lose it. But uh, yeah, it worked. Strategy worked. These tarps held up. Tarps have not ripped or punctured even on the sand and the rocks. There's no underlayment, but they're doing fine. The water is not draining out. The water is holding up in there. And uh, I don't know how long they will last, but they've proven to me that they're worth their weight in gold. And I would replace them, if I had to replace them several times a year, I would. But I'm not probably going to have to because I don't just leave them out to get to get torn up by coyotes or get just um, totally shredded by the sun. Um, I fold them up and then worst happens then is that they get a little bit of stress at those fold points but they're still they're they're holding up well and uh and I'm 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 very I'm very thrilled about that and it means I can continue to scale out so building on this success I'm going to know yeah eyeballing it those two tarps I've dug about 5 of these ponds already and uh and two of them I allocated the, 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 the funds for the test experiment with, with two tarps. They proved very well, so I'll be happy to buy three more um, at the next supply run. And, uh, and then if I'm looking at what I just captured from this, this, this storm, um, it looks like about six, month, six months worth of, of uh, hydration and hygiene for me and sanitation for me and... Uh, and the same amount of time for irrigation of crops and topping off the fish pond and that that's money saved that's opportunity cost um averted and that's only two of those tarps so two hundred dollars worth of tarps versus tens of thousands of dollars worth of bentonite and thousands of or thousands of dollars worth of uh EDPM pond liner, rubber liner, those two tarps have, have really, uh, yeah, they're, they've, they've earned their, their weight in gold. And, um, and this pattern of design is proving itself to work very well. And so I don't know if I'm going to win an award (laughs) for developing this. It seems to me just like tweaker, white trash, survival tech that anyone who's ever been a fanboy of ex-military survivalism or was trained to survive in austere circumstances because they went to ranger school or whatever which I did not but I will be goddamned if I ever end up um, in the soup line or in the bread line because I didn't I, I failed to learn how and to successfully then grow my own food and capture my own rainwater and 
and nurse my own wounds within reason, but I should be the last person who begs for anything from the government or from charitable organizations. And I should allow the people who truly are debilitated and really need those things to have that access. And I should take my still not fully crippled, able, grown-ass man self and live by the prime directive of permaculture and take responsibility for my survival. And so if when flooding happens and it's an inconvenience to you or it's a cause for more dangerous driving conditions or worst, it ends up ruining your home and your livelihood and derailing your life, then all, all I will say now is that um, I'm not in a perfect paradise where I'm a million times safer and, and there's no risk to confronting these forces of nature, but I will say that I'm working to partner with and harmonize with and be humbled by these forces such that I design my subsistence strategy around the 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 majesty the majestic beautiful mystical enchanting powers of nature so that i can derive a tiny cut a little commission and if i can survive it and dance with it and make a sport out of it then i can have a more enriched life and right now this is i'm having the time of my life and there, are, there isn't much that can compare to it, this form of ecological security and freedom where <laughs> I get my need for the thrill of confronting danger and feeling alive and having adrenaline. I get that from confronting the elements, not from being accosted by crazy fentanyl tweaker zombies at the gas station who try to close in on me and get on top of my ex while I'm on my I don't need to stim I don't need to be stimulating my my I don't need my man card to be to be to be uh, uh earned by having to deal with cops pulling me over and threatening my life I don't need to get my fix of adrenaline by dealing with zombies on fentanyl and, and I don't need to be doing any other kind of really wasteful and expensive type of sporting activity that puts me in, in peril with the elements of nature. No, no offense intended towards people who do extreme sports for their own you know, gratification. But, um, but I like the idea of taking that the need for speed and wanting to have your hair blown back and being an adrenaline junkie and applying that to regenerative agriculture, permaculture, these ecological arts that are going to yield thousands of years of abundance for all of the people who who are the heirs of of my my oasis building in the desert and whatever else I do in whatever other biome. So there's a lot of a lot to a lot of character and soul building and body building that happens for me where i'm at now it's flood sport if if uh, if if one of the seasons of my life uh drama takes me to 
Alaska, it'll be snow sport. It'll be something else. It'll be figuring out the ways to 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 take sunlight and get snow melt to irrigate crops so that I can have year-round a nursery that's solar heated and 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 uh, hydrated by snow melt water that'll be that'll be snow sport or ice sport or w- whatever we'll see we'll, we'll see when we get there but for now I'm in the desert it floods and I'm glad to be here. I would not want to be in a city because it would be even more heartbreaking because I would see that water go by and it would be filled with human waste and oil slicks and pharmaceuticals and dog and pet waste and everything else you can a toxic sludge going into the ocean and killing off uh making a massive dead zone around where it all washes out to and so that's depressing i hope that you don't have that experience um and i hope you 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 uh join the revolution and and get get serious with this uh get serious about permaculture and uh if uh if it's not something you've heard of before or it doesn't sound that compelling well sports fans i'm giving you flood sports so stay tuned and i'll check you later peace cheers